When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This episode is brought to you by Live Casino. Folks, football season is here, and Live Casino is where FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sporting app, comes to life. Step up and place your bets as our self-service kiosks or with a sportsbook representative. Then cheer on your team and catch every heart-pounding moment of action on our huge 40-foot video wall. Bet, watch, and win at Live Casino Pittsburgh, Route 30 at the Westmoreland Mall. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And what we're going to do, as I promised yesterday, is we've had a day to reflect on that game. I've been able to watch it again. I'm recording this around noon on Monday, so I'll still do more work on it, of course. The All-22 has not been out yet. But I want to change my opinion on a a few players. I want to throw some things out there at you that I've discovered over the last 24 hours with a little more knowledge. And the first thing I want to start with, and I take these from Pro Football Focus when I do snap counts, and they factor in penalties, how many times the ball was snapped. So sometimes their box scores look a little different than ESPN or NFL.com or whatever. But I like these better because that's actually a reflection of how many times the ball was snapped total. And I promised yesterday to talk about the defensive snap counts for the Steelers. There were 56 snaps. So that's the most, obviously. And <laughs> 21 players played in this game on defense. You know, some that was three snaps or more. Ryan Anderson played three. Miles Killebrew played five. Larry Joby, unfortunately, only played seven. And Jameer Jones played eight. Eight. So those guys don't factor in all that much, but the Joby thing is huge. I think you know why he only played seven. He was injured very early in this game. And that's the theme here is, again, I, I, I'm i not making excuses. I hope you guys know by now. I'm just still showing some facts of who was on the field for that debacle on defense. And it's not pretty. I mean, it really isn't. So Let's start at the top, and I just sorted this by total snaps in that game. Trey Norwood played every snap. He played 56 snaps in this game. Not what you want. I mean, only due to injuries. I mean, I think he's a nice player for a seventh-round pick in your dime. (laughs) Not as your most, you know, uh, used defensive player. That's for sure. And... We'll talk about, in the second half of the podcast, I'm going to talk about some guys I thought were better or worse than originally after first blush. Well, he was much worse, so that was awful. Minka played 54. That's how he always is. Jack played 53. Cool. Highsmith, 48. Sure. Millette played 45. Ooh. I mean, uh, that's hard to swallow. I mean, he's another one that's a sitch to me is ideally a situational slot corner. Not an every down slot corner. I mean, he's tough. 
plays a run well. You know, usually he's a good tackler. Wasn't particularly in this game. Um, but you want Sutton in the slot much of the time. And of course the Bills know this and they do it anyway, but kept, you know, multiple receivers on the field for a high stretch, made the Steelers play a lot of nickel and dime with a greatly depleted secondary. Norwood's a perfect example, but Millett's another one. He should play 50% of the snaps, not 45 of 56. Cam Hayward played 40. Cool. That's fine by me too. Um, Levi Wallace was only out there for 38. You'd like him to be at 56. You know, ideally you have Witherspoon and Wallace playing every snap on the outside and Sutton pretty much never leaving the field either. Well, that's not the case. You know, Wallace, you only got 38 out of. Devin Bush only played 37. Um, we'll talk about him later too. Same with Malik Reed, 32. Cameron Sutton only out there for 30. I mean, again, say what you want about Sutton, but his versatility and intelligence makes him pretty much an every down player and you want him to be your ninth best player on the field. And in a game like this, he's probably your fifth or sixth in terms of just talent and overall football player, but he still was only out there half the snaps. Chris Wormley had to play 29, where in a game like this, you'd want him to play about 15, also due to the Ogunjobi injury. Josh Jackson, who I don't, I, he was a sec, he was a second day pick of the Packers. I mean, he has a little bit of pedigree, but I didn't know he was a Steeler until this game. Maybe I mean that one just slipped by me. That's my fault. But he should not be out there for 26 snaps. I mean, needless to say, Montrevis Adams was out there for 25. Um, held up okay though. I, I mean, I actually don't have a problem with that, but nose tackles against the Bills don't get a lot of run. He was out there probably more than you would expect. Uh, DeMarvin Leal played 23. I thought that number was going to be higher, to be honest with you. I mean, he was kind of the pseudo TJ Watt, which isn't ideal because I think they've bulked him up since they brought him in and drafted him to play three, four end. And then you ask him at that advanced weight to go be an edge defender because you were so lackluster there. Um, so he played 23. I thought it was going to be closer to like 30 or 40. James Pierre was out there for 23. Spillane was out there for 19. Alualu was out there for 15. I mean, those are guys you pick on, and they really are. I mean, if if Josh Jackson and Pierre are your corners with Millette as your slot, that's like all you need to know. And Norwood, I mean, that's your secondary. It's Minka, Norwood, Millette, Jackson, and who am I missing here? Pierre. <laughs> you think Josh Allen can find a, a matchup he likes when, when those are the dudes out there, especially with no pass rush? So... And again, wrapped it up with Ogan Joby playing seven, Jamar jo- Jameer Jones playing eight, Killebrew five, Ryan Anderson three. So um, not exactly a list of stalwart players there out there on defense. So I-, I think that needs to be taken into account. And again, these are just facts. I'm not making any kind of excuse for what we saw yesterday. It was not pretty. So I'm going to come back here in a moment. Uh, I got a better than I thought list. I got a worse than I thought list. And then just a couple little nuggets, stats, things like that I found around the uh, internet in the last week.
better than I thought. And I think this is really encouraging because deep down I was starting to worry a little and I'm not saying we're out of the woods. Cam Hayward played a very good game. Um, he didn't show up as an Aaron Donald, Chris Jones, DeForest Buckner presence, especially as a pass rusher that he we have become so accustomed. But he was not the problem. Cam played a very good game. The last couple games made me worry a little. Um, sort of mentioned Miles Jack at the beginning. I also thought he played a very solid game. He wasn't the problem, nor was Adams, but Adams is a nose tackle. I mean, he's only going to make so much impact, especially in a game like this where they don't run the ball. But I think he's a solid NFL player. Um, I'm open to the idea that he can be the nose going forward and maybe next year. I mean, that's a part-time player anyway. George Pickens was a total beast. I mean, I thought he was phenomenal in this game, to be honest with you. Um, I don't have Pickett on my list because I think we talked about him a lot yesterday, but Pickett and Pickens, pretty darn exciting, to be very honest with you. I mean, what they could do maybe for the next eight to 10 years is really, really exciting. And both were very good in this game. Um, Pickens was great early in the season. They just didn't give him the football. Chooks and Moore, I'm not saying were great, but they were better than I thought. Um, I know Moore had a couple glaring bad plays. Chooks is a good right tackle, folks. I mean, he is much more of the solution than the problem. I am still on the fence about Moore. I called him out as a thumbs down guy where he probably should be thumb in the middle guy. <laughs> you know, not thumbs up, not thumbs down. So I just, he was better than I thought. You know, also better than I thought in this particular game, Josh Frickin' Allen. I mean, the decisions he made, the sick throws. I opened yesterday's podcast saying, you know, how's Kenny Pickett going to handle the, the weather and the wind? Well, no one mentioned it with Allen. <laughs> I mean, he was playing the same conditions and they both handled it well. But you just take that as, you know, uh, with a grain of salt because he does it all the time. I think he's the best player on the planet right now. Again, not making excuses for what the Steelers did, but nobody drives their team more than Allen. Like, he is, has an S on his chest, you know, wearing the red, white, and blue, you know, never turns into Clark Kent. I mean, he is a total superstar and was even better on second watch than I thought live. I mean, ball placement, decision-making, when to run, when not to, throwing guys open, let alone the, the Superman plays. Uh, Matt Milano for them played a stellar game as well without Edmonds. You know, they, they always rely on two linebackers on the field and nickel. Milano's the leader of the defense. He stepped out up without his partner in crime, Edmonds, who's the more talented player, but Milano just does everything well. He was, you know... I don't want to say he was the Josh Allen of the defense, but he was the leader of the defense and was very much a part of a blowout victory for the Bills. Uh, better than I thought, my last one is the Buffalo Bills. I mean, I, I look at them as a great team. They were number one on my power ranks. They're even better than that. Um, they're, we'll see how KC does on Monday night. Again, I'm recording this Monday, but I think the Chiefs, Bills, and Eagles are way above everybody else. And Buffalo could do this to numerous teams. Um, worse than I thought, I called some of these guys out yesterday, but was even worse was Tyson Alulu. I I don't know if he'll be on the team as you know the rest of the year even. You know what I mean like that that's part of my worry. Like he might be shot and he might have to go not have him around anymore, unfortunately. And that happens all you know all players at some point. Bush was rough. 
I uh, called him out yesterday. This was not a good game. Manipulated too much. Picked on over the middle. Uh, brought up Norwood as the most snapped defensive player. He was terrible. I mean, I, I thought he was one of the worst players on the field. Um, I was intrigued with Liao yesterday on first blush. But when you w- watch it back, yeah, he batted a pass down or two. Um but didn't make much impact other than that in a different type of role for him. So I'm not down on him. He just I, I praised him yesterday. He should have been a thumb-in-the-middle guy, not thumb-up, thumb-down. Reed, I expect a little more out of Reed. He's not making an impact. Um, maybe Denver told us all they need to know about why they moved on from him, that he's a little too invisible for my liking for that position. Mentioned Millette to start the show. He's had a rough two weeks in a big, big time way, and there's a lot of tape out there implying pick on Millette. What's Tom Brady like to do? Just kind of dawned on me. You know, loves the slot receivers, and Millette's going to get peppered with targets from him. Najee, he was on my thumb down yesterday. He doesn't make any yardage on his own. And is the blocking great? Of course not. Are there some tells in the offense that people know what's coming? Yeah, I think. But this does not look like a top, doesn't look like a first-round running back. It doesn't look like a top 20 running back in the league right now. Dotson had his second straight bad game. You know, I thought that the guard situation was pretty solid. Um, Daniels is, Dotson isn't, at least lately. This was not Mason Cole's finest day either. Um I think in the perfect world, I'm talking next year, Mason Cole is your better version of B.J. Finney. You know, he's your your fourth guy, your swing guy in the middle. Um, he's a serviceable center, but that's as kind of word as I can use. And Claypool, I mean, I know there's some drops and things, but not separating. Too many contested catches, not making space out of his routes. So those are my worse than I thought guys. Uh, a couple little small nuggets here. I uh, stole these first three from Pro Football Focus, and I'm just going to read them verbatim. Um, still without TJ Watt, the Steelers' defense wasn't able to sack Josh Allen once all game. In fact, they didn't even knock him down in pass rushing situations. So I've called out the pass rush yesterday. Was really really bad. I mean, to me, that was one of the biggest problems, without question. And we know who played in the secondary. They did not help each other out, and that's what you get. Um, here's another one: Bills first round cornerback Kyir Elam. He's their first round pick. An eventful day in the secondary. He snagged an interception on a, a ill advised Kenny Pickett pass, and I agree with that. That was one Kenny should not have thrown. But he also gave up over a hundred receiving yards on eight catches from eleven targets. So. I assume that's why Pickens forced one in Elam's direction was because they were ripping him up. So I, I thought that was kind of a promising sign too. Two first round picks going at each other, Pickett and Elam. Uh, Elam got him on one, Pickett got him on eight of 11. So there you go. Um, oh, this is a little encouraging too. Pittsburgh's offensive line survived its encounter. I, guess, I think that's a good word. With the best pass rush in the NFL, allowing minimal pressure. But Kenny Pickett averaged over only 2.0 seconds per drop back, which was obviously a huge factor in that success. So uh, they didn't allow a lot of pressure. This is kind of reminiscent of last year. But the ball came out really, really quick. I mean, 2.0 seconds, and he was a little over that, is obscenely low. Uh, I didn't put two and two together watching it the first time that it was 
as quick to come out as originally thought, but it is. Or, yeah, or as they told me. I mean, it's it was quicker than I thought. Um, here's a little, another little nugget. I don't know where I got this one, but I do think it's sort of interesting. Mike Tomlin's teams never lost by double digits more than three times in any of his first 14 seasons, except for 2016 when it happened four times. Pittsburgh suffered five such defeats, double-digit you know, losses, last year. The Steelers have two double-digit losses in five games this season, with Tampa and Philly on the schedule of the next three weeks. So, is this a theme, or is this a blip? You know, not losing tight ones to the Patriots and that type of thing that we saw earlier in the year, but getting beat bad, you know. So, that's seven over the last, what are we talking about, five games this year and 17 last year, five blowout losses. Ouch. Last nugget. I don't know if you guys watched the Sunday night game. Um, Cincy in Baltimore. Those teams are much better than the Steelers. Don't take this the wrong way. I'm not sure either one's particularly good, though. And, you know, the, the Ravens wanted, of course, on a Justin Tucker kick to win the, win the thing. Um, but those two teams, as well as the Browns, as well as most of the league, I mean, Eagles, Chiefs, Bills aside, are really, really searching, especially on offense. The offenses are still well below behind the defenses right now. Um, not Buffaloes, by by the way. But um, watching that game, I did not come away impressed, overly impressed with either the Ravens or Bengals. And going into that game, I thought these teams look like they're about ready to turn the corner and really assert themselves as like a tier two type of team. I don't think they are. I think they're in the, the middle of the pack with, 20 other teams right now. And that's just how the league is this year so far, which is odd for, you know, second week of October. Um, that is a wrap. I'm going to start digging in heavy to the Bucks in the next 24 hours. Um, they're good too, folks. And the Steelers have some issues. So I think you know that. See you later.